The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. You know, we've done it on occasion uh, throughout the course of the couple of years the program's been syndicated. We've had these remote viewing psychic experiments, right? A little contest. Yeah. yeah we, the we, cards and different things. Yeah, yeah, we have a little fun with it, and people try to uh, tap into our thoughts. And, and basically, it's very simple. We have a playing card from a regular 52-card uh, deck. We're looking at it. We're concentrating on it. We see if people can uh, get those vibes and figure out what it is. And, and you know, we've had some success with it. Well, it, well I don't know if you really... <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's a card. A lot of people call in, yeah, and I mean, eventually somebody gets it. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the uh, subtraction of the right. cards that have been called, or right. Your odds get better as people make incorrect guesses. Exactly, of course. Of course. Um, but anyway, we have a little fun with it. But we do it with a seriousness behind it because there are people who. Um, who offer evidence and uh, testimony that remote viewing is not only possible, but it's effective and it helps solve things like crimes or, in this case, uh, the the government and um, intelligence agencies use remote viewing and psychic capabilities to help with intelligence gathering. And I'm a firm believer in remote viewing. I just think that, yeah, of course, 90 some odd percent of the people out there who think they can do it can't. But there are those rare rare people who do have that ability and but also i believe it's something that can be taught because everybody has that ability so that's why tonight's show i think is going to be really interesting because we've pretty much got the godfather of remote viewing on yeah and not just the godfather but one of the guys who coined the term remote viewing (laughs) yeah this this is pretty um, exceptional our guest tonight russell targ will be talking about remote viewing he's not only uh the gentleman or one of the gentlemen that coined the term remote viewing but he's also one of the premier laser scientists he and a team of scientists actually developed the laser technology and the use of laser technology in aeronautics i mean this is this is going to be a very very exciting discussion but this is a physicist a very very accomplished physicist who's not just a physicist, also a parapsychologist, who's dedicated the la- later part of his life, uh, basically after retirement and, and up until retirement, to the study of ESP, parapsychology, and remote viewing. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal individual and just well, such an incredible life. Just the stories. I mean... I think we could probably talk to him for the the rest of this year. Yeah, we just started. I think you're right. He's got a tremendous amount of experience and knowledge. And, you know, there's always that age-old battle between science and things like ESP or parapsychology, um, which some people call pseudoscience. And uh, Russell takes extreme exception to that word pseudoscience. And Russell is a an accomplished scientist who embraces these ideas, not only embraces them, but preaches them and talks about them and teaches them. Well, you want to get into it even more. All right. He is legally blind, Jim, but he's an avid motorcyclist. Really? Try that one. Oh, that's interesting. I, I mean, he's I mean li- he, he literally wrote a book called Blind Biker. Wow. Um, that's really interesting. As somebody who just, <laughs> just got amazing. a motorcycle this year again, I had one a long time ago, um, I'm, I have enough trouble riding yeah. that bike I mean, you, with my you have eyes open. You have great vision, and you still can't ride it. <laughs> exactly. But, so I so. can't even imagine. I can't imagine, but I'm a- a- anxious to hear how uh, how, he, how he does that. Well, he and he's had such an incredible life. I, he, he was married to uh, Joan Fisher uh, Tarj, who uh, passed in, in 1998, but she was the sister of world chess champion Bobby Fisher. 
Wow. I mean, the list goes on and on. We, we could just talk about him without even him being here. Yeah, I'm kind of humble. I feel I'm very humbled by this. Um, this is this Everywhere is, you turn, there's something more incredible about him. Yeah. Again, his name is Russell Targ. If you, if you get a, a second to look him up, just to kind of check out his credentials. But he's written a number of books. And his most recent one, actually, his most recent book is called The Reality of ESP, A Physicist's Proof of Psychic Ability. But more importantly, he's... Uh, produced a documentary called Third Eye Spies, which actually looks at remote viewing and how it's used in the uh, intelligence community. Yeah, I have to, you know, I have to stop because I'm kind of fangirling. I just all the all the information. <laughs> girling, you're fangirling. Yeah, fangirling. Ooh. I mean, but uh, it's it's just all the information. I mean, it's it's amazing. I would have said fanboy, but that's okay. Well, whatever. It's, <laughs> I, I, I got three daughters. I can say it, and then I only said it because one of my daughters always says that. So, oh, okay. That's where you yeah, picked whatever. it up. Yeah. But, uh, this is going to yeah. be great. This is going to be great tonight. This is. Hey, if you haven't yet, make sure you head over to facebook.com slash beyondrealityradio and like that Facebook page for us. Then head to beyondrealityradio.com where you can find all the stations we're on across the country. That list is constantly being updated with new stations being added all the time, so check it often. You can also download the free smartphone apps, which allow you to listen live, catch the past shows, and more. Or any night we're live, just click the Listen Live button or the Listen Live and Chat button. You can listen right there from the website while browsing the rest of the web. And if you download the show from iTunes or anywhere else, take two seconds of your time and just rate it for us. It really helps us out, and we greatly appreciate that. Yeah, we do. And we also appreciate everyone who listens to the program on a radio station. They're local radio stations around the country that carry the program. Uh, they're part of our family. They're part of our network. And your support of them is greatly appreciated as well. If you think about it, just drop them a line. Go to their website and just say, hey, we love hearing Beyond Reality Radio on your station. Thank you so much for carrying it. It goes a long way. Uh, these, these program directors and station managers love to hear that kind of thing. And if you go to beyondrealityradio.com, you can also just click the subscribe button and, and then get all the uh, the episodes as they get uploaded uh, after they're live and uh, listen to them that way as well. I know a lot of people li- listen to the program live and then they like to re-listen to the program the next day um, to kind of, you know, just solidify what the discussion was about because Let things happen pretty in. fast yeah. here. Yeah, things, they do. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're slipping, sliding all over the place here. It's kind of a... Slip and slide? <laughs> yeah, all over the place. It's, it's, a, it's fast-paced action. Sometimes, yes. Yeah. So, but... <laughs> No, I don't know. Definitely, it's just, I think it's going to be an amazing show, and I'm yeah, excited about this. Yeah, it is. It is, for sure. It is. All right, so we're going to take a break and come back and get, well, get our guest, Russell Targ, on the line. You'll listen to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll be back after this. Hey, gang, JV here. You know that great nutrition can lead to a great life, healthy, happy, rewarding. But that nutrition simply cannot be found in the foods we eat alone. Take a minute and assess your health, the way you feel, the way your family feels, the way your kids feel. Health is more than just feeling well. It's also making sure you have a strong immune system, especially in these trying times. Vitamins aren't enough alone. In fact, they have to be the right vitamins, the right supplements made from the most effective ingredients. Otherwise, they don't do the job. It makes the world of a difference. There's a new website you can visit that'll help you navigate these ideas and guide you to better health. There's no obligation. Just visit MyHealthRocksNow.com. That's MyHealthRocksNow.com and start feeling better today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Tonight, we're going to be talking about remote viewing, specifically a documentary called Third Eye Spies, and uh, how the intelligence community in the U.S. government actually uses things like ESP and remote viewing uh, to gather intelligence and information about uh, operations around the world. This is a fascinating topic, Jay. It's going to be highly interesting, and we've really looked forward to this. And it's well, it's just an honor that that our guest has joined us tonight. Yeah, Russell Targ is our guest tonight. He is a physicist, but he's way more accomplished than that uh, title would actually indicate. And we're anxious to have him. Russell, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you on our show tonight. Good evening. I'm very happy to be with you. You're broadcasting out of New York City. Well, we're yeah, actually we're all over the yeah, country. We we're we're in, we're uh, yeah we're nationally syndicated I'm, everywhere. So. I'm uh, actually in upstate New York in Cooperstown, New York. And, I know where that is. Yep, and Jason is in uh, Rhode Island, um, which is uh, not not uh, right on the coast there. Yeah, that little speck on the map that uh, in between Massachusetts and Connecticut. So I grew up in New York City, so I have an affinity for nighttime radio. Oh yeah. Yeah, New York City is definitely the epicenter of great overnight talk radio, for sure. Um, some great, great broadcasters have come out of there. Someone who spent uh, uh, his whole professional career in radio, I, I respect those folks, for sure. You must well, have listened to Bob to Grant. You must have remote viewing, which is something I've been pursuing for the past 20 years at Stanford Research Institute. Yeah, you you must have listened to Bob Grant for a while, I would imagine, right? That rings the bell. Yeah, he was on WOR out of uh, great great broadcasters. Let's um let's start with a few definitions just so everybody's on the same page, uh Russell. Let's talk about ESP first. What is ESP? ESP is abbreviation for extrasensory perception, which is what uh I'm doing was called in the 1930s when uh JB Ryan was doing that in um uh, his university at Duke University. At the Ryan Research Center, yep. Right. Remote viewing is like ESP, except the idea of remote viewing describe ESP sounds like it's, you're perceiving with a sense you don't have. It's, like, it's not an extra ability. It's an ability that's available, it's profound, and it's strong, and you can incorporate it into your lives. So we don't really like the idea. There's nothing extra about psychic ability. So what you're saying is ESP is kind of a misnomer. It's an, in, an inappropriate name for a sense that we all have. Yes. People have known about psychic abilities for thousands of years. I, I won't take you through all that time, but the the Hindus before Christ wrote, well, I will do it, potentially wrote a book describing that on your way to meditate and become one with the divine, you're going to have experiences where you can see into the future, see into the distance, diagnose illnesses, and even cure illnesses. And that was written up in great detail 400 years before Christ. So the reason I'm mentioning that is that psychic ability is not new age. And the Buddhists had similar ideas in the teaching of the Buddha, he says again and again, separation is an illusion. There is no such thing as separation in consciousness. And this is about, again, 500 years before Christ. So at those times, people were writing in detail about these interesting things where you can move your awareness into the distance and into the future, and they give you explicit instructions on how to do that. There's a lot of um, uh, 
what I would say confusion when we start talking about things like psychic abilities. And let's try to sort some of that out right now. Um, you know, some people think to be psychic means to be predict the f- means to be able to predict the future. Some people think think to be psychic means to be able to read minds. Um, you know, are we talking about either of those things or is it something completely Both different? Both of those. Both of those, including predicting the future. Principally, what we did working for the CIA for our two decades, we were involved with finding hostages, locating a downed Soviet airplane, uh, searching for Patricia Hearst when she was kidnapped, um, checking on a Chinese atomic bomb test, and things like that. So our customer CIA contract monitor would say, Today, we'd like you to describe what Brezhnev's office looks like in the Kremlin. And I would sit down with my favorite remote viewer, the very talented photographer from New York, and Hella Hammond, and she and I would sit down quietly over a cup of coffee and move our awareness from sunny California into the Kremlin eight hours later when it was dark, and we would then go and describe... Uh, what Brezhnev's office looks like, and open the door and turn on the lights and investigate his computer room. And then two years later, after I had left the program, I was actually invited to Soviet Union to be part of the Soviet Academy of Sciences, who was interested in remote viewing. Uh, How could they not be? So I gave a lecture at the Kremlin in a big auditorium, and I told them that there are no secrets anymore. And I could hear the chatter of the teacups when I said that. Because in the 1980s, Russia was overwrought with paranoia about everything. The idea that here's this American uh, telling you there's no secrets anymore was a really shocking idea. But I had good-looking pictures of... I couldn't bring my, any of my classified drawings with me, but we had published our stuff in the... Uh, proceeding the engineering journal, Nature Magazine. So we had, we had published our findings in distinguished journals. So I had lots of good pictures. And that is a, by a picture, I mean, a person has gone to hide somewhere, and in the laboratory, my psychic of the day will draw his impression of where his body has been taken to hide. So our coin of the realm, our picture pairs, what the guy in the laboratory drew as compared with what of the traveler photographed. So in this case, uh, Hella described Brezhnev's office, and of course neither of us had any idea uh, what that would be like. But two years later, I got to visit Brezhnev's office. I walked down the red carpeted road hallway, and at the end of the hallway was a big door with an arch over the top, and the door was covered with leather, leather held in place with big upholstery tacks, all of which she had described and drawn two years before. And uh, when I was with Hella, psychically, I said, okay, I'll open the door. And she said, well, it's dark in here. I can't see anything. It's eight hours later. So I said, okay, I'll turn on the lights, which I did psychically. And she said, oh, I see the big wooden desk on the right covered with glass, and if you look out the window, you can see the lights of uh, the Kremlin, Red Square, and that was all completely true, 
And my payoff of going to Russia is that I got to see Brezhnev's office exactly as Hella drew it. So I just have to play devil's advocate for a moment here. Um, was because I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. Um, were the details of that office completely un- unknown to anybody uh, that you may have been in contact with prior? Yes. Wow. The the, the the one I was in in contact with prior uh, was was Ken Kress, who was a CIA physicist, and. Uh, Brezhnev's office was pretty off the beaten path. I mean, he had not been out of the... Because he's a top-secret undercover agent, he would, he, didn't, he wouldn't get to go anywhere. Yeah. He, he was an operating agent in the Science and Technology Division. So I would say that I'm quite confident that he never got to Russia because he was, he was uh, too hot to... He would be too hot to go to Russia. They couldn't, that couldn't have happened. Right. We're talking with Russell Targ. He is the producer and researcher of a documentary, Third Eye Spies. You can check out a trailer for that documentary at thirdeyespies.com. You can also go to Russell's website, ESPresearch.com. We're going to continue our conversation on the other side of the break. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow night we've got Eric Hazeltine on the show. He's a futurist. We're going to talk about neuroscience, the unconscious, making the impossible possible, and explaining the unexplained. That kind of solves it all right there. That takes care of everything. Done. Covered. The whole, the whole topic. And every Friday, of course, is a best of Beyond Reality Radio, so make sure you tune in and uh, check that show out as well. Yeah, and uh, Monday night, uh, Elena... Um, Mans will be on to talk about her book called Soul Dog, A Journey into the Spiritual Life of Animals. Been a while since we've had somebody talking about animals on the program. Yeah, so no, that's true. Should that's true. Good. But our guest tonight is none other than Russell Targ. And Russell's just, he's known sort of as pretty much the godfather of remote viewing. So thanks so much for hanging out with us, Russell. I'm happy to be with you. We have this film coming out that I produced that will come out uh, in a month well, Third Eye Spies, I was eager to get this work documented before it goes away and just becomes a shadow. So you mentioned, uh, what would the skeptic have to say? We began our film with the answer to The Devil's Advocate. In 1978, a Russian bomber crashed in Zaire. It was a bomber on a reconnaissance mission full of code books, and it crashed in the jungle, so it could not be seen by satellite photography. And we knew all that. So we got a call from our from the CIA and said, this bomber is down, it's on the ground in Africa, and we want to find it before the Russians. But we can't do it because we can't see it through the, through the bushes and the trees. So we got together with a very good remote viewer from the Air Force, and also one of our own remote viewers, and they marked a map, a little circle over there is what the lady from right field did, and our guy drew a picture. He said, I see the mountains, and then there's a river. Between the river and the mountains is a village, and the airplane is partially in the river, and go there, and you'll find it. And based on that evidence and putting a circle on the map, 
uh, the CIA launched a helicopter into Zaire with nobody's permission. Just an American helicopter landed in Zaire, and as they were unpacking the helicopter, they could see natives in the, coming out of the jungle with pieces of the airplane in their hand. And the reason you can believe that is that we have Jimmy Carter on film telling his class at uh, his university that that was the most amazing thing that ever happened during his presidency. He called in the helicopter. The satellite photography couldn't do it. And as he said, a psychic in California found the downed airplane for us. And we were able to recover all of its contents. Wow. And who can you trust if you can't trust Jimmy Carter? <laughs> if you can't trust Jimmy Carter, you can't trust anyone. Um, what I mean, clearly, uh, Russell, you've got a tremendous amount of uh, education. Um, you've got a tremendous number of accomplishments. At what point in your career or your your life did all of this, uh, first of all, attract your attention? And when did you take an interest in pursuing it? Well, I'll answer that question in a minute. I, I do want to mention that I have a book called Reality VSP mm-hmm. that has descriptions and photographs of all the things that I'm talking about. So this is a book that shows what we did during the our period of the X-Files. The program was called Stargate, and that ran for 20 years. So part of the evidence of the reality of what we're doing is that we had $1 or $2 million a year from the CIA for 23 years, and the CIA is uh, not easily amused. So if we were going to get a million bucks a year from them for 20 years, we must have been doing something useful, or they'd have blown us off long before. So we had an ongoing relationship where half of our time was spent doing research to try to understand how you could look into the future to the great interest of physicists, and the other half was operational things for the CIA. Uh, and we had some very interesting things where we could talk about the health of American hostages in Iran, and that's all in the reality of ESP. And if you're interested in that, you get to the end of the book, and I have a chapter which just describes how you can develop and cultivate the psychic abilities that we all have. Well, and that's important. So you believe that pretty much anybody out there, and we've talked about this many times in the past, that the ability, the psychic ability is in us all. We just need to learn how to use it, and you're a believer of that. I certainly believe that. Now, people are not all equal. A psychic ability is a lot like uh, musical ability. Uh, I really tried very hard a few years ago to learn to play the piano. I was babysitting a wonderful baby grand piano, and I spent a half a year not working, retiring, really trying to learn to play the piano, and I failed. Uh, Most people can learn to play the piano. There was a time in the 1930s and 40s where every well-brought-up woman could play the piano for the family in the living room. Everybody played the piano during a certain period, uh, I was not able to do it. I don't have the ability. I couldn't remember. I know a lot of music, uh, but I couldn't remember to play. So I just, I, I would be on the, I'd be one of the outliers who really couldn't learn to play the piano. There are some people who can't do remote viewing, but by and large, 
all the people who came to our laboratory with, with help of an interviewer could learn to do quite well. And I ought to say a word about that. It's very helpful in a, for a beginning interviewer to have, for a beginning remote viewer, to have a helpful person to work with. Because the enemy of ESP is memory and imagination. If I tell you that I've got something interesting on my desk in front of me, uh, don't guess what it is. Just describe the shape. A tendency to say, well, could it be a pair of scissors? Could it be a ruler? Could it be this? Could it be that? And if a person, if I'm the interviewer and a person says, uh, could it be a pair of scissors? I would say, let's take a break. Don't, don't guess what it is. Tell me about the shapes and forms that appear in your awareness. What are the surprising things that you see? Now, I, I won't know what the answer is. This is a very important idea, I'm telling you. The interviewer doesn't know what the answer is at all, doesn't know anything about it, but he knows what remote viewing sounds like. So if you as a viewer say, looks to me like Macy's, I would say, don't tell me about Macy's. Tell me what you're experiencing. So I'm, I can help you improve your signal-to-noise ratio. I don't know what the answer is, but I know what the signal should sound like. For example, if you had a job, if somebody says, I've got this uh, French novel here. If you're so psychic, I'd like you to read my novel. And you start saying, start reading the novel, and it sounds like Russian. I don't know what it's supposed to sound like, but I know that what you're saying is not French. So the interviewer plays a very important part, especially for a beginning viewer, to get the person on track. And in my book, Reality VSP, I urge you to work with a partner, work with a friend. I don't tell you how to find a friend. That's up to you. But if you're able to find a friend, then you and your friend can work together and quickly get in touch with what it feels like to be psychic. Well, now, is it important that the interviewer doesn't know what the object is? Because Absolutely. Be, well, because no, I mean, because you don't want them to be able to give a, a little cues. you don't want to teach yourself to read your friend's mind. Okay. You want to be able to see what's in the bag. So when you, when you would start, your friend would bring an object in the bag. Say, I've got something here. Tell me what I've got. And you have three channels then. You can read the person's mind, which would be mental telepathy. You could look in the bag, which is clairvoyance, or you could look into your future and say, well, in five minutes she's going to open the bag and I'm going to pull the thing out. And I'll just say, what does it feel like when I pull this thing out of the bag? What does it feel like in my hand? All of those are psychic abilities and which one you want depends on what you're trying to do. But after you've done three or four trials with your partner, she'll then bring several bags and randomly choose one so she can still she can now talk to you not knowing what the answer is. And that leads you toward real remote viewing. See if I've if I tell you I've got this object in my hand and you start describing a fried fish, and, I, and I've got something different than that, I, I will lead you in some other direction. The, the, you know, this object is not a fried fish. Uh, describe something else. So 
that could be mental telepathy and my giving you clues. So after the, the second week, your partner won't know the answer. And I, ne- I never would know the answer. And I spent 10 years in the dark helping people do remote viewing. So, so my spiritual development was completely paid for by the CIA, who had me sit in the dark for a decade helping people learn how to be psychic. Now, I got started with this as a teenager. Uh, you, you may not know, but I have very bad vision. That I, I, was, I did ride a motorcycle, but never got to drive. And uh, having bad vision in New York is not so bad because the subway goes everywhere. Right. But um, I was interested. I became interested in magic because as a young person, I was very good at cards and was aware that I frequently knew what was coming up. I was anomalous. I was an anomalously good card player, and I got interested in psychic stuff. As I realized that, as I saw, I was a young scientist. I realized that it might be real, and began to read about it. And I was doing stage magic at the time, pretend magic. And I occasionally would be on stage and pretend to be reading the mind of somebody in the audience. And, of course, I had already read the slip of paper that I pulled out of a jar. So it was a total trick. But while I was telling her that I know there's somebody in the audience who's lost a dog, hold your hand up if you're looking for your dog. And she said, yes, yes, can you help me? And occasionally I would be able to describe what her house looks like and these flight of stairs going up to her bedroom uh, with a patchwork quilt, and everybody would be blown away. Like, how did you possibly do that? And that was supplementing my cheap magic trick with a little ESP that I could just fit into my act. And many magicians, I've talked to Melbourne Christopher, and the great Kreskin and magicians will deny ESP from the stage. But when you're talking man-to-man, I say, well, of course, uh, on the stage with the lights in my eyes, I will often get an impression beyond what the trick is that I'm doing. Like uh, Anybody who stands on the stage with the lights in their eyes doing magic is all set up yeah. to have images come to them from the audience. So this really... so my introduction to uh, psychic functioning, apart from card guessing, uh, was was doing uh, mind reading on the stage. Wow. So as a performer, you, you discovered this and it became very important in your life. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Russell Targ. We're talking about remote viewing and psychic ability tonight on Beyond Reality Radio. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. Guest tonight, Russell Targ. He is the producer of an upcoming documentary. It's called Third Eye Spies. 
There's a trailer at thirdeyespies.com. You can check it out. He also has a book out called The Reality of ESP, a, a Physicist's Proof of Psychic Ability. And that's what we're talking about with uh, Russell tonight. And this is kind of a short segment, Russell, but I wanted to ask about the documentary specifically. And then in our next uh, hour, we'll talk a little bit more about these abilities and how you uh, research them, learn to use them. Um, the documentary itself, is it out yet? Or if not, when does it come out? It'll be out in the middle of next month, middle of February. And what's unique about this film, the thing that made me really go forward and put my own dough in this, is that having me on stage or a psychic on stage is really not convincing. But I knew that we had this unique time where I was just getting the material declassified from the CIA, and the two CIA scientists who worked with us had finally retired. So I was able to get uh, Dr. Green, the physician, head of the head of life science division, and Ken Kress, who is a senior physicist. So these two good-looking CIA scientists on camera looking into the lens and saying, yes, I was there with Targ. I saw these things happen. And it's true what he said really went on. He did find the bomber. He did find the kidnap general. He did uh, find the various things. So we have the CIA on camera really testifying that we did what we claimed that we were doing, and it worked. And that's a unique opportunity. So when the documentary comes out, uh, where will people be able to see it or get it? It will probably come out initially with so-called digital platforms, that is Netflix, uh, HBO maybe, uh, Amazon, all the various digital portals where you can purchase or download a two-hour documentary. And I believe that in April we're going to be released in a number of theaters nationwide. Oh, that's that's terrific. Okay, so it will be widely available. So we started we started out having digital platform, but our distributor, The Orchard, thought this film is so wonderful, so so unique, that they decided to put it in theaters as well. Have you been involved in making any other kind of film before? Or is this your first venture? I have not. This is, I've written a lot of books, but this yeah. is my first movie. Yeah. So you saw it was so important to tell this story in this format that that, that it led you to do this. Yeah, I've written a lot of books, and what I'm discovering is that people really don't read books so much anymore. Yeah. That is, they, they don't have the time, and it's a digital pictorial age. And as it happens, the story I'm telling is all pictures. So I've, I've got just the right uh, concept to go to the movies with, because I have all these different uh, things to do. Our contract monitor went with my partner, to hide someplace. Definitely uh, no cheating. We had the branch chief from the CIA took my partner to go hide somewhere, and I was in our little shielded room at SRI, and Pat Price, is a psychic policeman, said, I see that they're by uh, a square body of water and a round body of water, and then there's these two giant... Uh, water tanks overhead, and they had gone to a swimming pool complex about five miles north of us, but there were no water tanks. And it turned out 
a decade later, Palo Alto celebrated the 75th anniversary of its founding, and this park now, which is a swimming pool complex, used to be a water purification plant, exactly as Price said. So he was able to describe the thing totally accurately, down to within 10% of the pools, and see something that had been there 75 years before. So the whole time dimension is quite slippery. And the most interesting thing that I can tell you that I'm confident about... Hold hold that thought. I'm sorry, uh, Russell. We just have to go to break here. Hey, gang. JV here. You know that great nutrition can lead to a great life. Healthy, happy, rewarding. But that nutrition simply cannot be found in the foods we eat alone. Take a minute and assess your health, the way you feel, the way your family feels, the way your kids feel. Health is more than just feeling well. It's also making sure you have a strong immune system, especially in these trying times. Vitamins aren't enough alone. In fact, they have to be the right vitamins, the right supplements made from the most effective ingredients. Otherwise, they don't do the job. It makes the world of a difference. There's a new website you can visit that'll help you navigate these ideas and guide you to better health. There's no obligation. Just visit MyHealthRocksNow.com. That's MyHealthRocksNow.com and start feeling better today. We've got a great show tonight talking with Russell Targ about remote viewing and ESP and psychic abilities. Tomorrow night, we've got Eric Hazeltine with us. He's a futurist. We're going to talk about neuroscience, the unconscious, and making the possible impossible possible and explaining the unexplained. And I, I look at those two uh, sentences or that one sentence with those two definitions and say, um, you know, if we can do that, we've solved it all, right? And we're done. Yeah. Nothing else has to be that, out there. That would be it. <laughs> and then Friday, every Friday is the best of Beyond Reality Radio. And then next week, we got some great guests as well. Monday, Alana uh, Manez. And uh, we're going to be discussing uh, her book, Soul Dog, A Journey into the Spiritual Life of Animals. Yeah, so uh, make sure you check them out. Great week of programs coming up, of course, and we're excited to have uh, you with us for those. And tonight we're talking with Russell Targ. Now, Russell's website, he's a physicist. He's been working on um, a lot of things during the course of his career. But uh, tonight we're talking about his work on ESP, remote viewing, and psychic abilities. Check out his website. It's ESPResearch.com. He's got a documentary coming out called Third Eye Spies. And you can see a trailer on the website, thirdeyespies.com. Um, it's a very interesting topic, a very interesting film that's coming out, and we're very, very pleased to have Russell with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us, Russell. And I'm happy to be with you. Can I ask you a question? You sure can. Who's Eddie Edwards? Eddie Edwards, oh, he's our producer. He's uh, the one we usually having set up the calls and, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, setting up guests, doing all the scheduling for us. Yeah, he's our producer. Because he's the one I dealt with. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we didn't we didn't know if he was a problem. Cause we'll fire him if you want. Yeah. I mean, we fire him every week. <laughs> See, one of the things I want to tell you before you go too far, I was telling you during the break that uh, the most interesting thing I know about psychic abilities is it's just as easy to look into the future as it is to look across the street. And shortly after I left SRI, I left SRI because it all became top secret. And I had a top-secret clearance, but I couldn't publish anything anymore. I mean, I didn't go to this work to become a spy for the CIA. I wanted to understand how it works. And by 1982, it was 100%. We were doomed by our own success. By 82, we were so successful that all we got to do was operations, tasks with the CIA, and that's not what I wanted to do. 
So I set up an organization called Delphi Associates, and one of our interesting tasks was forecasting changes in the silver commodity market. So at one point in 1974, we did a series of nine experiments where each week our very experienced psychic had to describe which one of four objects we would show him. And, of course, none of us knew what the objects were. And if he would describe um, an object, the broker would have four objects on his desk that he shows, four different objects. One corresponded to silver futures going up a little, up a lot, down a little, or down a lot. So if my psychic said to me, I see something round and floppy with an odd smell, I would say, well, that sounds like good remote viewing. And I go to the broker and say, what have you got today? He said, well, I got a book, and I got a cup, and I got a flower, and I got my leftover pancake here. And I would say, I think our guy is describing your pancake. What does that mean? He said, oh, the pancake means the silver is going to go down a lot. So listen to this. So based on the fact that the psychic in my kitchen described a leftover pancake, we would sell $50,000 worth of silver into a rising market. And all nine of our forecasts were correct. So we made $125,000 in 1984, and that was a lot of money at that time. Sure. And we're on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. We're talking about the film has made a killing in the silver market. And in in our film, we have a broker saying, I don't know about the ZSP stuff, but doing anything in life nine times in a row is a miracle. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, back to the progression of, of your awakening and all this. Uh, you are a scientist, and you, as a performer, started to recognize the abilities uh, and the capabilities of ESP and other psychic uh, phenomena. Um, but how do you reconcile the two? Because a lot of scientists would say uh, that they can't they can't be uh, um, compatible. But you must have found a way to make well, it compatible. Well, they'd be wrong. The modern physics has finally caught up with the Buddhists and the Hindus. The Probably the hottest thing in quantum physics now is called entanglement, where photons that are born together travel away from each other at the speed of light, and if you grab one of them, you affect its twin traveling away from it in the opposite direction. Erwin uh, Schrodinger talked about this in the 1930s and said, this is not one of the phenomena of quantum mechanics. This entanglement is the phenomena. And years later, um, it was, this was understood better, and now the whole idea of entangled photons and quantum computing is the the hot topic in modern physics. The, there are probably two two parts of modern physics. One of the stuff doing with the uh, hadron collider, looking for Higgs bosons in Europe, and in America, looking at uh, entangled photons and looking to see what uh, that implies about um, multiple dimensions and new opportunities for computation. That is, um, in, the, in the 30s, Niels Bohr re- realized there was a problem 
of waves and particles. Sometimes light is a wave, sometimes it's a particle. And he invented the idea of complementarity, where you just have to accept the fact that some things are true and some things are not true, and some things are neither true nor not true. And that's a brain twister, but that's the way quantum mechanics is. Thing, the, the Buddhists knew 2,500 years ago that there's no separation in consciousness. And that, that was a well, one of the things that uh, is part of the teaching, that we are, we're all one. And you've seen the yin-yang symbol. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was even before the Buddhists. That was Lao Tzu in China. So the idea, once you start meditating, you get the idea that separation is really not what it's supposed to be. So you have things like complementarity and superposition. Superposition talks about um, electrons, for example, that can be spinning up or spinning down at the same time until you capture one, and then you have to resolve which way it's actually going. So there is room in modern physics for psychic abilities. So let's switch the conversation a little bit to what the government's involvement was. Uh, the work that you did obviously wasn't the, uh, probably not the beginning of it anyway. When did the government start taking an interest in using these abilities for whether it was military or espionage or whatever? We were it. You were the beginning. I went to the, see, I, I, I was confident that this was going to work. And uh, by 1972, um, I was pretty well known as a laser scientist. I was a, I was a pioneer in the la- with lasers. I was working on lasers before there were any lasers. So by '72, uh, I was known to NASA and to the CIA as somebody who could do hard stuff and, and make it work. So I went to the CIA and said, "I have an idea." that I could teach people how to get in touch with their psychic abilities. Uh, NASA liked that idea because I told them that an astronaut could get in touch with his spacecraft. CIA liked the idea because you could make a psychic spy. Um, the CIA had been tracking Russian stuff before I came along. In 1970, Ostrander and Schroeder wrote a book called Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain. So they knew what was going on. But I showed up basically willing to bet my career that I could teach people how to be psychic. And we set up a program at Stanford Research Institute at that time with CIA help, NASA and NASA help. I had made a ESP teaching machine. This would be interesting for you. I have a free gadget that you can get from the Apple iStore, iTunes store. It's a four-choice random number generator. You use your ESP to push the button that's going to become illuminated in the future. So there are four, four, four colored buttons. You close your eyes and say, what color is going to light up? And if you think it's a yellow one, you press the yellow one. If you're correct, it'll ring a bell and show you a picture. Now, I had that gadget in 1972, and it just happened that Werner Von Braun did extremely well with my ESP teaching machine. 
And he then turned to the administrator of NASA and said, give these guys some money. Maybe they're onto something. Hmm. And you and you can now go to the i. You can just go to pick up your i your telephone your i your iPhone. Go to the iTunes store and look for ESP Trainer, and that's a free app. I don't get any money from that at all. It is a free application that I put up there so that people can in touch, get in touch with their psychic abilities. What's the app called, Russell? If people were going ESP to ESP Trainer. ESP Trainer. Okay. So if if the if the federal government uses your used these resources to uh, to some great success, um, why is it that the that the same government and maybe this is just a misinterpretation, but it seems like the same government denies their existence? They won't readily talk about these things. Well, well, that, that's really a two part question. They don't talk about it because it was top a top secret program. That is, if we had that is. The government never talks about intelligence, capabilities, and means. Uh, they deny it because they don't want to be teased. That is, um, most of contemporary religion, most of contemporary science would be happy to go ahead without ESP because all of the data is very strong. That our work has been replicated in many laboratories around the world. So uh, there are countless, countless books. If you, in fact, if you go to Google and simply look up remote viewing in quotation marks, there are more than two million pages dealing with remote viewing on Google. So this is not a this is not a secret arcane occult area. I mean, there's great worldwide interest in remote viewing. Uh, we don't understand. We know how to do it. I I sold my program to the government for 20 years by showing up and saying, I have something you ought to know about, and I brought you an object in my briefcase, a very interesting object. They said, well, okay, who's a psychic? And I said, well, well you are. Because if I, just, if I showed you something psychic, you'd think it's a magic trick. But if I gave you a little help and you had the image of this amazing, surprising object that I just pulled out of my briefcase. You've drawn a picture of my object. How'd you do that? And so it beats the hell out of me, but I'll support it. Hmm. So uh, I did. I supported our work largely by getting administrators, often at quite high level, under Secretary of Defense, for example, was one of my students. I went into his office. He said, I hear you've been doing this stuff can you show me something? Like, show, show me a trick. And I said, sure, I can show you something. Uh, take that pad you've got, and I've got an object here. I want you... My, my magic words are, make a little drawing of the surprising images that come into your awareness. That's the secret word. That's the password. And if I can get him to not guess, but to just make a drawing, very, very often... This administrator, who didn't believe in ESP at all, would draw an excellent drawing of the weird object that I had brought him. That's impressive. We have to go to break here, and we're going to continue our conversation with Russell Targ after the break. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash joha. That's J-O-H-A-W. 
We're talking with Russell Targ tonight about remote viewing. Russell, this is a, a really short segment, but I wanted to ask you, um, is, is remote viewing or any of this stuff we're talking about tonight, is it distance sensitive? Does it change with the amount of distance you're trying to travel uh, to get it done? Non-local ability. It's independent of distance. Something that every remote viewing researcher notices that it's no harder to see from California to Siberia than it is across the street. Could it be interplanetary? Yeah, Ingo Swan was in my... Ingo Swan is really the father of remote viewing. And we had support from NASA early on because of Von Braun's great success with my ESP game. So we had a program from NASA, and we were sitting in my office with Ingo Swan and a NASA contract monitor, and he said, you know, this is this must have been uh, 1978. He said, you know, we're selling a Pioneer off to Jupiter... Can you tell us anything about Jupiter? We don't know. And Ingo sat back, took a puff out of his cigar, and said, yeah, I'm looking at Jupiter right now, and there are rings around Jupiter with beautiful, shiny ice crystals. They're big, fat rings, not the one like Saturn. And the NASA guy, you're sure you're not looking at Saturn? I never heard of rings around Jupiter. He said, I know, I know you never heard about them, but when Pioneer gets there, then you'll hear about them. And in my book, in the reality of ESP, I show Ingo's drawings of the rings around Saturn, of the rings around Jupiter, together with NASA's photographs of the rings around Jupiter, something that uh, had never been seen before. And Ingo had to wait a year and a half for pictures to come back from Jupiter, which is... 500 million miles away. It's like a, a light hour. And it took Ingo, no, an important thing, it took Ingo no time to see those rings. Yeah. We were sitting in my office, and as the guy said, hey, can you like, take a look at Jupiter? And he said, well, sure I can. And he just sat back and took a look at Jupiter and did not require an hour for the picture to come to him. Jupiter was just available for him to describe the rings around Jupiter. Instantly. And that happened in real time in my office, and I've got the drawings. Well, that's amazing. It. We're talking with Russell Targ tonight, who is a physicist, but he's also uh, a remote viewer and a, uh, a psychic researcher and expert. He's written about it. He's got a documentary coming out. He's got a book called The Reality of ESP, a, a Physicist's Proof of Psychic Ability. And he also has a documentary that's called Third Eye Spies that's coming out soon. You can check out the trailer at thirdeyespies.com. Russell, at one point, you took uh, Wikipedia to task. Now, Wikipedia is a, is a website that a lot of people go to for information. What was the, um, what was the conflict between you and Wikipedia? Oh, Wikipedia hates psychic stuff or any, anything mystical at all. And um, I thought that I was ill quite a few, a few years ago. And I wanted to bring my Wikipedia, my Wikipedia up to date. And I noticed that they had cut out all of my laser stuff and just left what they called the supernatural. And I said, well, most of my life uh, had been spent doing laser stuff. The ESP was a sort of a midpoint digression. He said, well, our people aren't interested in your laser stuff. They, they want to know about your work with the pseudoscience. And it was really in the course of making this film that I was in England, and Brian Josephson, the distinguished Nobel laureate, came to my rescue and told Wikipedia that my, my laser work is actually much more 
much better known than my ESP work, and he got them to re reestablish uh, me as a laser pioneer. So now if you look me up, uh, Wikipedia still doesn't like my ESP stuff, <laughs> but uh, it's much more balanced than it had been. And they, they were using the word pseudoscience, which I also think That's you right. took, they took exception with. Yeah, um, Let's jump to our listener line here. This is Barry from North Carolina. Hey, Barry, welcome to the program. Good to hear from you. Hello there, Jason and JV. How's everything in my dad's hometown of Warwick, Rhode Island? Everything's great here. Just a little too cold for us. But uh, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. Yeah, the cold front's right coming through North Carolina right now, and all the geese are migrating from Canada down here. They're over the lake and everywhere. <laughs> now, the Barry reminds me, I grew up with Barry Gray and W.O.R. from New York, okay. who kept me busy through the night. Oh, very nice. But I should be doing my homework. <laughs> so, Barry, what's on your mind? I tell you what, I love this guest. Russell, what was the craziest, wildest, covertest thing you saw when you were co working with the CIA. Thanks. Oh, that, that's a that's a good question. You, you I, I don't know if we're cleared for sex on the astral plane. What what station are we on here? We're on many stations. <laughs> we're on stations all <laughs> over the country. I think that the most amazing thing uh, we did when we were, was looking for Patricia Hurst when she was kidnapped. Oh, yeah. And I worked with the great psychic Pat Price. We went to the police station, and the police said, we've got lots of questions we want to ask you, uh, Mr. Price. He said, let me tell you how we do this. Give, give me your mug book. And they pulled out this big, dusty book, and he turned the pages. And that, he said, that, that's the ringleader. Donald DeVries is the ringleader. And they said, well, we know who he is. He escaped from prison a year ago. And he said, well, this is not a regular crime. This is a political crime, you'll discover. And I see they had a white station wagon driving north out of here, about 50 miles north, by some big gas cylinders. You'll find that car by the left side of the road. And that's just information just poured out of him. And as we stayed at the police station, they launched a cruiser and found the car right where Price said it was. And there were still cartridges rolling around in the bottom, so he knew it was the car. And that was a real-time magic. Did not take any mumbo-jumbo. He didn't have to meditate. You know, you want the, you want the kidnap car, just drive north. You'll find it on the left across from a diner. Wow. And that, that's what it was like to be Pat Price. He just lived in a psychic world. And, in fact, he was so psychic that the CIA took him away from us and had him living in Virginia and working day by day with the CIA rather than work. He, they, it made him, I was too enthusiastic, and they were scared about having the most psychic man in the world, a guy who could read launch codes in the pockets of the president, hanging out with me in California. They, they, the fact that you were working with somebody who was omniscient, a person who could know anything at all, could read anything, and the fact that he was on the loose scared the CIA. And in fact, five months after they took him from us, uh, he died mysteriously. Really? 
So you've been uh, working at this for quite some time, and obviously you've got a lot of great success with it. Um, but have we realized its full potential, or is there more to learn about all of this? Well, we definitely have more to learn since we don't know uh, how it is that a person can quiet their mind and describe something in the future. The experiments would, we, we would do like that, like half the time I would tell my psychic, whoever I was working with, uh, my partner is going to hide some random place in the Bay Area. Tell me where he is. The other thing that I could tell her is uh, hell sitting in his office now, but it's 10 o'clock at noon. He's going to choose a place to go and hide by going through a random number generator and choosing a target. And then we'll go and see at 1 o'clock, we'll go and see where he was hiding. And it was no more difficult for Hella, Hella Miller, photographer, very successful uh, woman, woman psychic, was no more difficult for her to describe a target that had not yet been chosen than one where somebody was presently hiding. And in fact, our impression was that her descriptions of future targets were more accurate than the contemporaneous ones. And when I went to Russia and did remote viewing with a Russian psychic, I had her describe things in the future rather than contemporaneous things because there's no way to cheat with one in the future. She had to describe where somebody would be hiding and then they would randomly choose a hiding place. And those two experiments um, with the Russian psychic, my daughter was a translator, they worked excellently. And uh, they may or may not be at the end. Anyway, we have the film of those experiments, and I don't remember right now whether they made the final cut. Russell, do you um, are you a proponent of everybody trying to develop these uh, skills within themselves, or do you think, although we all might have some of it, only certain people should pursue this? Oh no, I think everybody should learn to do it because I mean, uh, you could use ESP uh, to find your car keys or make money in the stock market. Those have been done. That's that's easy to do. But the worthwhile part of learning about psychic abilities is to discover who you are. That is, who you basically are is timeless awareness, is what the Buddhists say. That you're not meat and potatoes. And the idea is that if you think that who you are is what you see in the mirror in the morning, you're in for a lot of suffering. Because you're not just that thing you see in the mirror. There are much more to you. You're timeless. You can quiet your mind and move through space and time. And avoid automobile accidents or make good cho- cho- make good choices so as this part of your human capacity to develop this ability which you have you don't have to do it to make money in Las Vegas or to find uh, hidden uh, hostages in Africa but it's like saying uh, we, we've learned that it's possible to Get glasses so you can correct your uh, nearsightedness. 
should we do that for everybody or just for some special people? Obviously, wanna, you want to be able to see as well as possible to see. Uh, remote viewing is a capability which unquestionably will enrich your life. Yeah. Well, so how would we go about trying to teach ourselves how to do it? Well, the answer that comes to my mind is you should buy my book, The Reality of ESC. <laughs> of course. And you could then learn how to sit with another, sit with your partner, and one by one you will learn to recognize the psychic signal. You'll, be, you'll learn to recognize the images that appear in your awareness. So, for example, I have an object in my hand now, and I would say, um, tell me about what I'm holding. Don't name what it is. Don't try and guess. Just tell me about the surprising image. What, what pops into view that you didn't, that looks like it's not part of what's sitting on the table in front of you? And you can learn to say, oh, that was interesting. I didn't, I didn't. I don't know what that was. That just image just popped into my head. And you can learn to separate that psychic signal from all the garbage on the table in front of you, coffee cups and microphones and stuff, and learn to recognize the, the surprise object. And that's not hard to do. Working with another person is very helpful because your partner can bring objects for you in the beginning, she'll know what it is, and that makes it even easier because you have a mind-to-mind -mind connection. But quickly, you get away from that, and just the whole trick is learning to separate the psychic signal, which is weak, from the mental noise, which is all the ongoing garbage, the mental chatter. But that's not hard with the feedback. You can learn to do that swiftly. The Army wanted us to train up some people to create a psychic Army Corps on the East Coast. And we chose six Army officers out of a group of 30. And of those six, four of them turned out to be outstanding. The world-class psychics who stayed with the program for a decade. And one of those was Joe, Joe McMonagall a warrant officer who is still doing psychic stuff and is probably the greatest psychic in America today. And he just walked into my lab with his boots and his leather jacket and said, okay, what am I supposed to do? And I said, well, Joe, we're looking for your colonel, Scotty Watt. And I have no idea where he is, but you and I are going to find him. And within... Ten minutes, Joe had drawn a excellent three-dimensional rendering of the Stanford University Art Museum with pillars and fountains. He also had the ability to draw, which is very nice. So he drew an excellent, now famous drawing, and this is Joe's target trial number one as a remote viewer. I didn't. People, people ask me, "Did you teach Joe to remote view?" And I said, "Of course not." I just gave him permission to use this ability that he had never used before because it was forbidden. I gave, him, I gave him permission to use his wonderful remote viewing capability, and he just, I cracked open the shell for him.
The documentary is called Third Eye Spies, and you said it's coming out, would you say later this month or the beginning of next month? Next month. Probably, ne- and probably the, knowing how these things go, I would say end of February. End of February, okay. And uh, you said it'll be available first on digital platforms uh, for viewing, and then later there might be a theatrical release as well. We, we now, the, our, our distributor, who is the Orc called The Orchard, has gotten increasingly excited about this as they get good reviews. Uh, so I think that we're going to have a theatrical... Re- they, they tell me, I mean, this is show business, so we don't know anything, but they tell me these days that we might open in 500 theaters at oh, the beginning wow. of April. Wow, okay, that's terrific. That's awesome. So um, we'll be looking for that. Of course, the website is thirdeyespies.com. Also, Russell's website is espresearch.com. And uh, I just have to ask, do you have anything else in the works that we might keep our eyes out open for? Um... Well, I'm trying to understand how I'm talking to physicists these days, trying to understand. See, physics is catching up with us. So, yeah. so that for that I spent most of my life as a straight-up physicist. So it excites me that uh, non-locality, which is what we're doing, uh, has become current. That is, uh, Schrodinger and Niels Bohr in the 30s understood that, um, the Buddhists understood it 2,000 years ago, and modern physics has finally caught up with psychic abilities. So it's really a very exciting time to understand how you can quiet your mind and see into the future. It's real. The, the idea of non-locality is the, the hot topic in modern physics today. And that's what we did for three decades at wow. Stanford. Wow. Well, Russell, thank you for being with us tonight. It's a fascinating conversation on a fascinating topic. We look forward to seeing the documentary and all your other work as well. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been fun for me as well. You have a great night now. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, if you haven't yet, make sure you head over to uh, Facebook.com slash Beyond Reality Radio. Again, Facebook.com slash Beyond Reality Radio. Like that Facebook page for us. Then head to BeyondRealityRadio.com. You can find all the stations we are on across the country. The list is constantly growing, so check it often. You can also download the free smartphone apps, which allow you to listen live, catch past shows all on the go, and more. And any any night we're live, just click the Listen Live button or the Listen Live and Chat button right there on the website in the upper right-hand corner. And listen to the the show while browsing the web or hanging out in an online chat room with a great community of people. So we try to make it easy for you. Um, if you download the show from iTunes or anywhere else, just take two two seconds of your time and please just rate it for us. It helps push the show forward, makes it easier for people to find, and it really helps us out, and that's what it's all about. But subscribe to the show. You can do that right from Beyond Reality Radio as well. Yeah, I should mention that uh, next week we have some pretty cool programs as well with uh, Elena Manez joining us on uh, Monday night to talk about her book called Soul Dog, A Journey into the Spiritual Life of Animals. That's always a great discussion, um, and uh, we always get a lot of calls for that as well. And then, and then we've also got Jeff Eastman on Mechanical Engineer, and he's created some really cool devices. Actually, I have some here. Uh, we'll be discussing... Uh, well, the evolution around electric light dousing rods, MC mics, and MC EMFs, multicolored uh, LED microphones and EMF speakers, and uh, also an SB7 spirit box, and why he developed gray noise. So make sure you tune in. There's going to be a lot of great things uh, with that. But that's going to pretty much do it for us tonight. You're listening to Jason and JV, Beyond Reality Radio. We'll catch you all tomorrow. 
Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.